0: Praise the Lord, and thank you for joining us at the Upper Room Church. Listen in as Pastor Johnson teaches the Word of God, gives us encouragement, and midweek refuel to run this spiritual race. Tonight's lesson will be entitled, Are We Profitable? All right, we honor our Lord and our Savior on this evening. Uh, we thank God for how He blessed us to uh, come together once again. And uh, on this evening I just want to share just a little bit uh, with you uh, on the Word of the Lord. I hope I can get it all in. I want I want to read from uh, two or three places in the Bible, but I want to uh, use for a thought if I can a subject or something um, profitable. Profitable. It's um it's it's good to be useful uh for the work of God and I pray that God will bless each and every one of you all, that He will give you the spirit, the know how, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, uh to allow God to use you for His work, uh for the work of the ministry, for the work of the edifying the kind of the body of Christ, whatever needed in the body of Christ. Uh I pray that God bless us and uh send us people that that uh that are useful and that can be helped you know of course Jesus said to all of us go in my vineyard and work and I don't know about you I want to I want to go in the Lord's vineyard and work so uh my my my, my theme this evening is uh are we profitable I want to be a, a profitable uh servant uh for the Lord I want to be a help uh to somebody in the Lord, and I thank God for uh, my gift, my ability, that down through the years, uh, I've been, I've been of some service, real decent and good service, I believe, from what, I, what I've been told, to others uh, who was working for the Lord, anywhere where I went, even when I was serving down in Millington at uh, Bishop Tatum's church, uh, for those years that I was with him, uh, at, at Years, family, how long I was with Bishop Tatum. I want to say at least five years or better uh, that we was with him. And uh, when I was with him, uh, I did serve uh, him well. And uh, and and I was told that that he really appreciate me serving down there uh, under his uh, leadership. And so I want to use that as a theme, uh, prophet. But you know, uh, Isaiah. The Lord was dealing with the prophet Isaiah when it came to him and showed him visions and dreams. And uh, the Lord asked Isaiah, who's who going to go for me? Who will go for me? And uh, Isaiah said, Lord, here I, here I am. Send me. And uh, so he was very willing to uh, go for the Lord. Although he had some problems with some unclean lips. But the Lord Lord, take, took care of that, clean, his, clean him up, cleaned his life up. So he could be of use. Uh, for the Lord and so I feel in many many ways like the prophet idea Uh, I don't mind going for the Lord I don't mind working for the Lord I want I just want to be of of service offer my service uh, uh, make myself available and committed to uh, whatever God work might be now I want to read from you. You got your Bible. You follow along with me. I'm gonna move about just a little bit. I'm gonna to try to do a little bit of reading. But in in the book of uh, Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, two people' named, I want you to keep in mind. Two people' names that I'm going to mention. And these guys here, they weren't they they was they wasn't very good, useful uh, for Paul's ministry. You know, every every ministry, every pastor ministry wherever he is or, or wherever he he you know where he he's ministering at every ministry have people that that are a blessing to it and i, I want to say every ministry has uh those people that uh could be enemies enemies of that ministry also that's that's not helping that's not pushing but uh perhaps sitting down and uh or holding up. Uh but I want you to keep two people's name in mind. We're gonna talk about here. And that is one, Demetrius, Demetrius, and the other one is Alexander the Coppersmith. These two brothers gave Paul a lot of trouble. And these two brothers, their trade was pretty much the same. They was coppersmith, they worked with gold and silver. They in other words, they they did hot work. They work with iron. Uh, they probably could. They, they could probably melt you and beat it up and uh and, and fix you any kind of bracelet that you want to wear, a gold bracelet. one to go around your ankles? Want to go around your arms? and Maybe something to go around your neck. He could make you any kind of uh, trinklet. Uh, I guess I'm saying the word right that you want it, and uh, also these brother was uh. Into making images that the people worship out of God, and so they made little gods for people to take home with them and set them over in the corner, and they would pray to those God, this, this is my little God. And so Alexander and Demetrius, they were coppersmiths, silversmith, and that that's were their uh that was their trade, and that's what they engaged in. Uh, prior to the Lord's Savior. Now, Demetrius, let me say, Demetrius never got saved. He never gave his life to the Lord for uh, my record is concerned that what, I, what I've seen to see, he always was the man that uh, uh, made idols for people to worship. Now, Alexander, at one time, he he confessed the hope in Christ and uh Supposedly, have gave gave up his uh his work of making uh, uh idols and idolatry and work and working in the gold and the civil civil smith and copper smith and making those images like that. He 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 gave it up, but seemed like he brought it back to his old ways. And we've seen that down through the years. People have gave up, given up what they was once into, but they burnt back. They go back to the old ways. So. Uh Alexander went back to his old ways and Paul had something to say about him and I want to show it to you in the scripture. He had something to say about uh Demetrius also, and I want to show it to you in the scripture. And there were other people in the scripture that Paul also uh commended. He asked for them by name. He and he, he asked uh, told different ones to uh let this one know that, uh uh, you know, give give them give them words uh uh from Paul to them. Let's read y'all in the uh in Second Timothy the fourth chapter. Uh, it's, it's 18 verses I want to read and you'll get the gist of the story as you read along uh read along through here. Uh chapter four verse number one. Y'all got it. Let's take a look at what the Lord is saying. Second Timothy the fourth chapter verse number one. Uh, in, in this particular chapter, also, let me say, in in Timothy, uh, uh, Paul wrote these letters. These are really what they call the uh, the prison letters. He wrote these letters while in prison, facing uh, a, a, a death sentence, and uh, and so it's just amazing how he was able to write with such clarity. And his mind opened. His mind wasn't in jail, but his body was. But he wrote and penned such letters as were so powerful, uh, being in jail and facing death. So in the face of death, he still was able to give God glory and praise and uh, encourage the people of God. So chapter 4, verse number 1, he starts off by saying, talking to Timothy. He's from, writing from jail. He said to Timothy, he said, uh, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearance, at His appearance and His kingdom. That's what he's telling Timothy. He said, now, T- "Timothy, I'm charging you. You know, here at Paul getting ready, he knows that he's going off the scene, so he want to make sure all the work that he done, his his, his accomplishment, he leaving it in the hands of a young preacher, Timothy." Who he raised and uh, mentored and, and trained, he leaving his work in Timothy's hand and and charging him. I charge you before God that I, uh, 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 that shall judge the quick and the dead in uh, his appearance and in his kingdom. Look, Timothy. Uh, verse two says he said, "Preach the word. Don't preach uh, gossip. Don't preach uh, 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 you know fairy tales. Or, uh, preach the word. Tell the people the truth." Uh, because they need to know the truth. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, and then reprove, rebuke, and exalt with all long, suffering, and doctrine. So this is what Paul told him. I want you to preach the word, son, the young preacher, preach the word. I want you to be in season and out of season. In other words, instant, you know, whatever rise, whatever whatever come up, the occasion, whatever the topic is, uh, I want you to be on top of it. And I think that is key, very important that we as a, men of God, that we be instant, in-season and out-of-season. Uh, a, a lot of our pastors now, they're not instant, they're not in-season, they're not out-of-season. In fat, uh, fact, uh, they, they're more out-of-season than they are in-season. So when, when whatever arrives, uh that, that the word of God uh, need to uh, be addressed or whatever need to be corrected, I'm telling, telling I want you to be ready to do that at all times. Just rise to the occasion, no matter if the people start worshiping Idol God, I want you to rise to the occasion and refute that. I want you to uh get on top of that and let the people point the people back to the true and the living God. You preach the word, young man, Timothy, first number three says he says, uh for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's true. We're, we're there now. So Paul told Timothy, the time coming that the people that are around you they're not going to endure sound doctrine. I mean, they're not going to endure fact. They're not going to endure solid teaching, solid, uh, solid truth. They're not going to. They're not going to want that anymore. Uh, but he said, but after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having them itching ears. So he was telling Timothy, letting him know. Look, the time going to come. People don't want solid teaching. They don't want good teaching. They they just want after their, and, and they own, and what they're going after after their own lust, what they want for themselves. Their own lust, They will heap to themselves teachers, having engineers. Tell us what we want to hear. Preach a sermon that we want to hear. Preach a sermon that won't bother us. That won't mess with our sins and won't disturb anything. Just preach a good old sermon where everybody can be happy, and we all can go back home, and and we won't even think about uh, the wrong that we have done. Just preach that kind of sermon. It's a Neil preachers, and so verse number four said, and they would turn away their ears hmm, from the truth, and she'll be turned unto fables. So, so Paul is letting Timothy know, yeah, that the time is going to come. They're gonna turn their ear away from the truth, and we live in a day and time now that truth really is not appreciated. People don't appreciate truth. Uh, they 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 rather they rather hear a lie than they hear a truth. But I thank God for those of you that still have an ear tuned to truth. I want the truth. I want to know the truth uh, versus a lie. Uh, I heard a man say the other day about the truth and a lie. He said this. He said, a, 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 lie, a lie will travel all the way around the world before truth get up and put his pants on. And I said, wow, that's something to think about. So, while wow, truth getting ready to come forth, a lie that went all the way around the world, uh, two, one or two times, and truth still getting ready to try to come forth. Truth, uh, uh, a lie will travel uh, faster than the truth will. It really will. It travels fast. And so, while truth is trying to get ready to come forth, the lie that went all the way around the world. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So they have turned away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables, fables, lies. Verse number five says. Um, verse number five. Excuse me, just a moment. Verse number five. Uh, it said, "But watch thou in all things. into affliction, do the work of an evangelist, and make foolproof proof of thy ministry." All this is instruction to Timothy, to letting him know what he' gonna, are gonna come up against, what you need to be doing. Watch thou in all things. And, and nowadays, in time, you know, we as ministers and teachers in the body of Christ. He said, watch that and all that. You really need to be paying a lot of attention. Church folks are not paying uh, very much attention now to what's going on in the world, in our society, in our neighborhood, and in our community. Church folks are not paying very much attention. By the time the church folks wake up and realize what's going on and what's taking place, uh, the devil going been already set up camp. And everything is set, it's in stone, it's in concrete, it's already it's already what it's going to be, and by the time the church folk realize it, it's almost too late, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. It is what it is, so uh we have to wake up, wake up uh uh church folks, and be watching, watch, watch out in all things, not just something, watch all things, endure affliction, yeah, that's pain and suffering, put up with it uh or do the work of a ministry and make foolproof our ministry. And so uh we have to make sure foolproof foolproof we have to make sure that our ministry is foolproof that it don't have holes in it. You know, it's not shot with a lot of holes. There's a lot of ministries out there and there's a lot of good teachers and preachers out there who ministry is not uh, foolproof. It, it's full of holes. They got truth and lies all mixed up together and that what that's what the devil does he'll give you a little truth with a lot of lies so when you mix truth and lies together you so the devil is disguised so you really won't know who he is oh he sound like a good preacher but he got truth and lies all mixed up together and you got to know your word to, to, to know where the lies are when the lies are coming out and when the truth are being told Because it's all blending in and mixed up together. So he said, make full proof of your ministry. Now, number six. Paul said, uh, he's facing death here. I don't know what's going on here, but y'all pray for me. But he said in verse six, he said, for I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. So, this is what Paul said. Paul said, I'm ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. So, he realized that uh, uh, he's getting ready to face death. Verse 7 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And uh, henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, uh, which uh, the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearance. So what Paul is saying, now I fought a good fight. I, I, I'm sorry, I fought a good fight. I, I, my fight was well, uh, but he coming to the end of his fighting days, his ministry is over, he's hanging it up and turning it over to young Timothy. And But here's one thing he said, I fought a good fight. Ain't nothing like a good fight. We watch fighting, we've watched boxing and uh some of us know what a good fight is and Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and all them guys were fighting. We seen some good fight fighting going on in the boxing arena arena. And uh we seen some fighting when somebody I said, Oh, there wasn't no fight at all. There was just there wasn't no competition, knocked them out in the in the in the first round. There wasn't no fight. So we all know what a good fight is. A good fight is when the enemy is coming at you, and you coming at the enemy. That's a good fight when you two are going at it. He's coming, he bringing it, and you bringing it too. That's a good fight. And then uh made the best man win, and we know the Lord Jesus is the best man, and he's going to win. So Paul said, "I fought a good fight. The devil came at me, but I was right there. I was on the scene, and as he came, I met him with the word of God." You know. And on that note, I, I like to say that we as Christians, we as believers, I want to encourage you all, fight a good fight. Some of us, we're really not even fighting a good fight. We're laying down, the devil beating us up. We're laying down, uh, all on the job, and I mean, we're just not putting up a good fight at all for our soul is concern. you you got to fight uh, to stay in God. You have to fight to stay in the church. You have to fight to stay saved. And a lot of Christians now, they're really not putting up a real good fight. They're just taking what the enemy is bringing at them, and they're just taking it, but they're not resisting it. They're they not fighting back. But you got to fight hard, my brother and my sister. If you want to be saved, no matter what your struggles are, no matter what your struggles were, you got to fight hard to not go back to whatever that was. I mean you gotta put up a fight. You can't be laying down on the job. So the devil gonna bring it and you got to you gotta be able to bring it too. Bring your word and, and, and fight a good fight. And Paul said, I have finished my course. So he's at the end. He's at the end here. All right. It's coming to a close. I'm not gonna be able to go out and run no more revival. I'm not gonna go out go out and do any more missionary work. I can't go on tour. I can't travel. I'm confined here to this prism of facing. Of facing my my fate. Okay. Uh, and but but notice he said, I have kept the faith. This is so important. No matter no matter how you fight, you 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 can. You, if we gotta fight well, we gotta finish the course, and we gotta keep the faith. What good is it to put up a good fight, and we don't finish the course? What good is it to put up a good fight? And we don't keep the faith. We got to hang on in there. It, 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 it gets hard sometimes. Yes, it does. But we have to hang on in there because the devil wants all of us to check out. Okay? But we're not checking out. I'm not checking out. Uh, the devil have, uh dealt some blows to our ministry. And uh, he came at us. And uh, he did what he did. Well, I'm not chicken out. I'm not chicken out. You're not chicken out. We're gonna we're gonna hang on in here and keep fighting the good fight of faith. Verse number eight, said, he said, oh, for there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, and this this is the thing that should keep all of us motivated. The thing that should keep all of us going strong. There's laid up for us a crown of righteousness, that what Paul said, and not to me only, but to all of them that love the word. Okay, they got to move on. Uh, now, uh. Now he said in uh, verse number nine, "Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, as, as soon as you can, uh, Timothy. Come to me. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm in jail and prison in this dark, cold dungeon. Uh, now, where they had Paul at in this prison cell, no heat, no light, cold, and everything. And so, this man uh, have to bear the cold, and so he's a uh, Timothy, as soon as you can, come to me. Shortly, just as quick as you can, okay? And then he went on to uh, express in verse 10 that, For Demas has forsaken me, uh, having loved this present world. So Paul knew that he was facing death, but he still had Timothy on his side and Titus on his side, some of the brothers that he raised up in the truth. He knew he had them in his corner. But Demas, one of his own that he trained also, he said, Now, Demas has forsaken me, he's gone back into the world. See what it says in verse 10. Demons have forsaken me, having loved this present world. So he had more love for the world than he had for God and the work of God. There's one thing about when you're getting saved, you got to make sure you get all, let the word of God get all that world up out of you because it's so easy to go back. It's so easy to go back. It's not hard to go back. We all just, all of us, you, me, all of us, we're just one step away uh, from being back where we were, just one step. So he said, told Timothy, Demas, he went back, he backslid, went back out into the world, and he departed to Thessalonica, and he gone back to Thessalonica, and uh, 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 Crescent, he's gone to Galatas, and Titus, uh, Titus went to Del Monte. And verse number 11 said, now, only Luke is with me. So thank God for Brother Luke. He said, Luke is with me. He said, now, take Mar, take Mar, and bring him with you, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now, I said two names I want you to keep in mind. Demetrius and uh, Alexander, these were enemies to Paul. Paul had brothers that were helping him and was very, very, uh, 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 uh a good partner in the ministry. So he said, I want you to take Luke. Lucas Luke with me. He hasn't went back. He's still strong. And Mark, Mark is good. Mark is with me. Bring him with you. Uh, for he is profitable. He's profitable. I can use Mark. Mark is so uh, helpful. He's so helpful uh, in the ministry. And so I'm saying this. Every minister has people that are so helpful to the ministry that that Paul remembered them and reminded uh Timothy to bring Mark with you because that guy's good. He really he's really good and he's profitable uh for me, uh for the ministry. He can help me really get the word out. He'll tell somebody about the meeting that we have having. He'll round up a bunch of people and bring them to a tent revival. Mark is very profitable. So every ministry needs people that's profitable to what's going on. And when you have those people that are profitable, make sure you uh, take care of them and keep them uh, close to you because they're the ones that help you do what you do. And so uh, Luke is good. Luke is profitable. Mark is profitable, uh, 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 Titus is profitable, and, uh, of course, Timothy, his own, is profitable. And so Paul is pointing these things out. Now, uh, now, in verse number 12, he goes on to say, keep in mind, he, he talked about the other brothers, uh, Titus, he went to uh, Demata, and uh, 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 Christian he went to Galatia, and uh, verse number, let's see, we go down to verse 12, and uh, Toshika have I said to Ephesus. Ephesus. So this this his brother uh, uh, uh Tonshika was probably also Paul would send him to place, so, okay, Toshica, I'm gonna send you to Ephesus, go down there and and uh uh and and uh bring the word on such and such a day. Go down there and minister to the saint in Ephesus. I can't get there. I'm in prison, I'm confined right now. But you go to Ephesus and bring the word, okay? And so Paul could use these young preachers that were helping him. Toshika, you go to Ephesus. I sent him to Ephesus there, and uh uh Luke and uh uh the other brothers, titles he sent to their mantos and he sent them to different places that, that, that would help him uh carry on his work and do keep his ministry going. Okay. Now now look at uh verse number thirteen. I'm am trying to get on down to where I'm going. Verse number thirteen says, The cloak that I left at Troas uh, with uh, uh when thou come, bring with thee and the book, but especially the uh, parchment. Now, what verse thirteen is saying? He's telling Titus, now Titus, I want you to come to me as fast as you can, and in that cloak. In other words, uh, when they arrested Paul, Paul didn't have time to give up all his belonging, his coat his uh his writing paper, his books, the par uh uh that mean the paper that he writes the letters on. He didn't have time to give up all that stuff. He may have left it at the prison when they uh arrested him there and they transferred him to the other prison so they didn't send uh, send all this thing. So here he is in prison and it's cold, it's damp and everything. And you tell the titles, when you come, make sure you go there. Go there uh, uh, and bring the coat. Get my coat. I got a good winter coat. Go there and get my coat uh, that I left at Troas uh, with Carcass. Go there and get my coat, uh, Timothy, and bring the coat with you. I need that coat uh, that I might be warm down here while I'm in jail. And make sure you bring uh, the books. You know, all all the books that I read and all the books that I I studied from and and even the ones I've written, and then especially bring the writing paper, my pencil and my paper, so I can continue to write while I'm in jail. Okay, now, notice verse 14. He said, now, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. So uh, the Lord reward him according to his work. So what Paul is telling Timothy now, he's reminding him, and this is something good. Whatever you encounter in life, it's good to pass that on to people that's working with you. Uh the, the roadblocks and uh the trouble that you run into uh with people and things that trying to hold up your work, get in your way and stop you and block you. You dealt with it and the Lord dealt with you with it. So as a minister, as I go on and go forward, I have to remind all the brothers, all the sisters, all the young ministers, I gotta remind them of the roadblocks that they got in my way, so they'll be looking out. Don't think everybody's going to love you. Don't think everybody's going to be falling all over you and welcoming you. I, I, I want you to know so many people are going to try to sink your boat. And so uh, Paul is telling Timothy, Alexander, this coppersmith, he did me much evil. Oh, he tried to block me. He got in my way. He's done a lot of evil to me. Said, done him not no little evil. He said, much evil. But that's all right. The Lord is going to reward Alexander for what he did to me. And uh, verse number 15 says, Of whom be thou, be thou where also? For he has greatly withstood our words. And so Paul is telling Timothy, Now, Alexander, he really got in the way of our words. I'm trying to run a revival, I'm trying to get people saved. And Alexander got in the way of that by making mockery of what I was preaching and uh, back talking, and and backstabbing and coming behind me. And, uh, you know, he just caused me a lot of harm. So if I said the Lord is good and he'll deliver you, Alexander might say, well, he ain't delivering no more. Alexander just really withstood Paul's words. He said, Alexander did me much evil. Uh, Verse number 15 said, now you, Timothy, you be aware of him. You you watch Alexander. I might be dead and gone, sleeping in my grave, but you watch Alexander. You watch him, because that man, if he can, he will hurt you. He will hurt your ministry. He will hurt your teaching. He will do your he will do your church some harm. You watch Alexander, uh, Timothy. Watch him, okay? Uh, in verse number sixteen, says, at my first answer, no man stood with me. When I first start talking and preaching, did nobody stand up for me? But all men forsook me. So here Paul is facing death, coming to the end of his journey, and he said, "When I when at my first answer, nobody stood with me. Everybody should be standing right there with Paul and backing him up, got his back." And he said, "No man stood with me. You'd be amazed, surprised, of when it's time for somebody to speak up in your defense, and they don't." That's a hurting thing. That's a hurting situation. And somebody should speak up for you. Oh no! Oh, he's not like that. I had a man speak up for me one day. I love that man to this day. He's a good man. Uh, Other times, other times, uh, we was in church together. Uh, A a situation came up about me. uh, Some crazy stuff, and. Some folk brought some uh accusations against me in the church years ago. And they were telling L Time that, uh, uh, about it. And L Time told him, he got him straight right there. He said, Oh no, oh no, not L. Johnson, I know this man. Not this man right here. Oh no, uh-uh, uh-uh. You can keep that, take it on back where it comes from. I know this man. And he straightened the line up right there. So uh uh and sometimes people that you think will come to your defense won't. And so Paul said at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding the Lord stood with me, and he strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be uh might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the Lion. That's the end goal, that we all be delivered out of the mouth of the Lion. Verse 18 I'll stop. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So, Elizabeth the coppersmith got in Paul's way. You shouldn't get in a preacher's way. Don't get in the evangelist's way. Don't get in the, the, the prophet's way. He's trying to do a good work. Don't get in his way. Don't hold him up. Don't, don't try to, uh, you know, uh, uh, make him look bad. Help him. That should have been they should have been like Luke. It should have been like Mark. It should have been like Titus. Uh, help and, and, and Toshiko. They should have been like those men helping him, but no, they was trying to hurt Paul's ministry. Every ministry have those people that trying to help it go, and every minute have those people will drill holes in the boat and sink the whole thing. And Paul told Titus, You watch. You be careful with uh, Alexander. I'm not telling you this for nothing. You be careful with Alexander. Now, let me read just a little bit more for you. I'm talking about Alexander and some of the other people that gave Paul trouble. Now, look at, uh, let's see. Paul said something else about Alexander in 1 Timothy. That's 2 Timothy. Look over at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy, the first chapter. Now now Alexander, Alexander was once in a church. I'm not going to say he was saved. He used to make he used to make. his job was a coppersmith, where he made idol for the people, along with Demetrius. Demetrius was a civil smith too. They made what they made, and this was their livelihood, but the preaching of the gospel was messing up the livelihood. Paul trying to turn the people away from idol. To a true and living God, and Alexander and Demetrius, this was their business—making uh, uh, items and objects for people to worship instead of worshiping the true and living God. Worshiping these the objects, and Paul was trying to turn people to God, just like we are today, trying to turn people to God. There are other people that, that are actually trying to uh, corrupt folks and keep them uh, in their sins. Now, in First Timothy. Uh, The first chapter, Uh, let's see, look at, I'm going to read fast because I want to go to something in in Acts. They got uh, 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 Toshika I mean, uh, Alexander and Demetrius together, these brothers together in in the book of Acts. But here in the first Timothy, the first chapter, I'm still dealing with uh, uh, Alexander. Uh, The 12th verse, 1 and 12, 1 Timothy 1 and 12, I'm going to read fast. Check this out, y'all. And I thank God, and I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has enabled me uh, for he had counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Now, I want you to keep that in mind. He said, I thank God, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has enabled me. Who enabled you? Who enabled you? Jesus Christ did. I thank God for enabling me. He's going to enable you. This is where our strength lies. This is how you get your help. You get your help from the Lord. The Lord enabled me. And me faithful and worthy and putting me in the ministry. Verse 13 says, uh, who was uh, before a blasphemer? This is what Paul, he's giving his testimony. I was a blasphemer and a persecutor, and injurer, uh, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Now, Paul was a bad man uh, before he got saved, before the Lord saved him. Now, before the Lord saved him, his name was Saul. When the Lord saved it and converted him, it changed his name from Saul to Paul. Hmm. So Paul said, God put him in the ministry, and he said, who was before? I was a blasphemer. I was blaspheming the holy name of God, and I was a persecutor. I persecuted the saints. I didn't like them Christian. I did things wrong to the saints, and uh, I was an injurer. And uh, But he said, but I, I pay mercy. You know, and and you were what you were, I was what I was, we all were whatever we were, but thank God Almighty, he enabled us, and we obtained mercy from God, and the thing we did, we did it, I won't say we did it because we were ignorant and stupid, didn't know no better, but now since the Lord has came into our hearts, we know better, and uh, we do better. And verse fourteen said, "And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ with exceeding abundance, uh, was exceeding abundance, uh, with faith and love, which is in is in Christ Jesus. Uh, this is a faithful saying and worth of all application, except acceptance. I'm sorry, of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Now Paul said." I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was an injurer. I was this. I did all ignorance. But Jesus Christ came into the world, saved sinners, and and He said, "Of whom I am, I feel like I was a chief." So Paul was not always a saint. So don't feel like don't feel like the long ranger. Paul was no saint at uh, uh, at first. He said he feel, he said I was a sinner. He felt like he was the chief of sinners. Now I know Paul was not the chief. There are some big devils out there who've done some heinous things more than Paul did. There are some people you know that have done a lot of bad things. But Paul said he was, he felt so bad, he felt like he was the chief of sinners. Well, I can imagine, I can feel understand how Paul felt out of all the wrong he'd done. He felt like he was chief. But he wasn't chief. I don't know who is the chief of devils. Uh, just, just all, I don't know if there is a chief. It's all just devils. But Paul said he felt like he was the, the chief of devil. Verse 16 said, How be it for this cause I obtain mercy, thank God for that, I obtain mercy, that in me first uh, uh, Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him uh, to life everlasting. Now unto the uh, king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honored and for forever and ever. Amen check this out verse 18 discharge i commit unto you unto you timothy son timothy according to the prophecy which were before of which which went before on thee that thou that thou by them might have war a good warfare you got to be strong because prophecy went out on timothy that he was going to be a pastor he was going to be a great teacher the prophecy went out over your life, Timothy, and he's encouraging you. You remember the prophecy that went out and didn't go out in vain. Now I want you to war a good warfare. Get out there and do what you're supposed to do. First 18 says, Holding fast, holding faith, and a good conscience, which some have put away concerning the faith, having made shit with. So Paul told Timothy, he said, Now, Holding faith, you make sure you're holding the faith, and a good conscience, have a good conscience, which some have put away. They don't have a good conscience concerning the faith, and concerning the faith, uh, they have made a shipwreck of their lives. They just ruined, they messed everything up, ruined their life. And then it says, he went on to name a name, verse 20, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander. These two men... Have have when it concerning the faith, they have made a shipwreck. They just ruined their life, ruined other for life. Hammernails and elizabeth And notice what he said about it, whom I have delivered unto Satan that they may learn not to bless thing. So Paul is reminding Timothy that there are those that really hinder his work, but he turned these people over into the hands of the devil. Hammernails and Elizander. I deliver you into the hands of the devil that you may learn not to. Be. I'm gonna let the devil work with you. Matter of fact, matter of fact, this particular verse here, uh, a commentary in Bible scholars that when Paul said what he was going to do to Alexander and uh, Hermeneus, Paul put a a, a spiritual curse on uh, Hermeneus and Alexander by saying, uh, Hermeneus and Alexander, of whom I de- I delivered to Satan. I curse you in the name of the Lord. I turn you over to the devil that you might learn to be obedient and stop blaspheming. So Paul was gifted by God to he placed a spiritual Holy Ghost curse on these evil men's life that they would do no good, that no good would come to them, that Satan would work with them because he's standing in the way of God's people and in the way of progress. You know, if people only knew what God can do and what God would do to those people that try to uh, harm you and do you harm and hold things up. They don't know what they're doing. I pray for them. I pray I never have to uh, pronounce a Holy Ghost spiritual curse on nobody's life because they have they have hurt the work of God in the ministry. There was another man in the Bible who uh, Paul met that he placed a curse upon. Him. That was uh, Simon the Sorcerer. Who was uh, trying to buy the Holy Ghost in the work of God? I think that was uh, no, that was Peter trying to buy the Holy Ghost in the work of God, and and they pronounced a curse upon him and 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 and, and cursed him blind for uh, just causing God's people problems. So people need to really really be careful when they messing with God's anointing, messing with God's people. Some some things can happen to you for messing with God's children, and so. Hymenaeus and Alexander was cursed by Paul uh, and was delivered to Satan, uh, that Satan will work with you. And believe me, when the devil gets through working with you, you're gonna pray, God, Lord, help me, Jesus. Get me out of the hands of Satan for what he's gonna do to the people that's been cursed by a man of God. So uh this is what Paul uh, faced, and this is what Paul dealt with some of the brothers that got in his way. Now, turn over with me just a little bit further. I'm almost done. In the book of Acts, uh, I want to show you uh, uh, Demetrius. Now, I showed you uh, uh, Alexander the Coppersmith, along with the other brother, along with the other brother uh, that, uh, that was cutting up and acting up, Hymenae, these two brothers causing Paul problems, drilling holes in the boat withstanding here. He said they withstood me. I preach holiness. I preach the right, I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And somebody tell you, don't go to his church. The devil is a lie. Okay, so people have to be careful, have to be careful uh, uh, what they're saying and what they're doing uh, because people don't belong to nobody. They belong to God. The people belong to God. And I would never tell anybody, don't go to uh, Bishop Tatum Church. Don't go down there. Don't go down in the middle. I would never do that. I would never do that. I would never tell anybody, nobody, don't go over to Bishop Fra- Tra- Bishop Fraser Church or, or uh, True Holiness. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. I would never do that. Uh, people belong to God, and they don't belong to me or anybody else. And so we have to be very, very careful because people be trying to drill holes in your boat and trying to build up their boat. Now at the nineteen chapter, verse uh 25. Let's see where I want to go. Let's see. That was a right. I won't start verse number 21. I'm not going to read much of this, but I want to get to the main point. Uh let's start verse 21. I'll read down where I can get uh Alexander. And Demetrius together, so you can see what's going on. Here's a ride going on in the 19th chapter of Acts. Paul was preaching, he was preaching down there in the, in the city of uh, uh, Ephesus, and uh they were worshiping this god called Diana, a false god, idol god, a no good god. They were worshiping this god Diana, and who made this god was uh uh Demetrius, the co- coppersmith, the silversmith. He made this god, this was his money. Check out how the Bible reads. Uh, see, when you're messing with people money, they're coming for you. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So Paul was messing with these people's money, uh, Demetrius, uh, 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 Alexander, and uh, the other brothers messing with their money, and so they came for Paul. Uh, notice what the Bible says. In Acts 19, verse 21, I'm going to read quickly because we got to get to the bottom of it. Acts 19 and 21, after these things were ended, Paul purposed in his spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to uh, Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent unto Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, uh, Timothy and Ephratus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. Verse twenty-three said, "At the same time, there arose no small stir about that way. So, what's happening here? A riot, a riot broke out. There there arose no small stir about that way. For a certain man named Demetrius, here he is, bad man, Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana." Brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. So here it is. Demetrius was a silversmith, and he made this shrine for Diana. And the people worshipped this shrine, Diana. Uh, and the people made, paid a lot of money. Let me continue to read verse 25. Whom he called together with the workers of light occupation and said, Sir, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. And so... Demetrius is telling, he called the other civil smith worker, called them together, got rally. Y'all come around, fellas, because y'all know this is our work. This is how we make our money, making this idol, making this shrine, making an idol God for people to worship, because people going to worship something. This is how we made them our money. He said, Sirs, you know that by this craft, we have our wealth. This is our money, guys. This is how we make our money lying to the people and fooling the people let them pray to a statue. This is how we make our money. Verse 26 says, Moreover, you see and hear that not alone in Ephesus, but also throughout all Asia, this Paul had persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods which are made with hands. Paul going around telling folks that there are no gods that were made by hands. Well, we made this God by our hands, and Paul went going around preaching saying, there is no God made by hand. What are we going to do, guys? What are we going to do, fellas? This is our money. This is how we made our livelihood. This is our wealth. This is how you pay your rent. This is how you drive your uh, your donkey in that day and time. Uh, what are we going to do, fellas? Verse number 27. So that not only this, our craft, is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana shall be despised and her magnificence shall be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Check this out. All the whole world at that time in all Asia, they worshiped their great goddess Diana. You know we don't supposed to worship no goddess. We worship God. We don't worship an idol. And so the brother said, what are we going to do, y'all? Paul is messing things up for us. That the whole world, is, is going, they're going to despise our magnificent work that we have conjured up and worked with our hands. Throughout all ages, everybody worship this. What are we going to do? Verse 28. And when they, and when they heard these things, they were full of wrath. They cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesus. And verse 29 says, And the whole city was filled with confusion. And having caught Gael and Articus, men of Macedonia, Paul accompanied in travel. They rushed with one accord into the theater. Excuse me. And when Paul would have entered in unto the people, the disciples suffered him not. Thirty one. And certain of the chief of Asia, which which were his friends, sent unto him designed him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. He was saying, Paul, don't whatever you do, don't go in the theater. These men are going to hurt you. Don't go in there. And so let's see what's going on in the theater. Verse 32 said, Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused. And the more part knew not, wherefore they were come together. So half the folks didn't know why we in the theater, Half of them knew why, half of them didn't know why we didn't the feel. But check this out. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude. Oh, here Alexander coming again. Now Alexander was over in uh in titles. First titles one And titles, second title. uh no, no, not Titus. not title, Timothy. First Timothy, Alexander was over there, Paul was talking about it. He was a bad guy. And uh he just made a shipwreck of things with Hymenaeus. And then in, in Second Timothy, he was over there. Uh, so here, here, Alexander coming up again. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude. The Jews putting him forward, and Alexander beckoned him with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. Alexander want to talk to the people, okay, about this great goddess Diana. And he was going to speak against Paul. And no telling what they were going to try to do to Paul, they probably just run up on him and kill him and stone him right there. Verse 34 says, but when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried out, great is Diana of Ephesus. Now, they didn't really want to hear Elizabeth speak at that time. They knew he was a Jew. Elizabeth had no business making idolatry because he being a Jew. He's supposed to worship the true and living God, so they wouldn't listen to him. But he was in the same business that Demetrius was in, and that was making idol gods. Okay, verse thirty-five says. And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, "You men of Ephesus, what what man what man is there that know not how that this city of Ephesus is a worshiper?" Of the great goddess Diana, and of the image which fell down from Jupiter. See how? See how they in the people? Diana ain't fell down from no Jupiter. They made Diana. All right. Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, ye ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. Rashly, uh, for ye have brought, uh, brought kid of these men, which are neither robbers or, or robbers of churches nor yet blasphemer of your goddess. Wherefore, is it? if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open, and there are deputies, let them impede one another. So what's going on here is that uh, the law officers, they spoke up and said, well, these men that were with Paul, that they rushed in the theater to harm, they was saying, there's no sense of hurting these men. They ain't said nothing about your God. Uh, and they ain't said nothing about the God. But well, who said it was Paul. That's why they told Paul, don't go in the theater. Paul is the one that told us that there is no God made by him. These men were just men with Paul. They didn't say anything. So here they saying, don't hurt these men. They're not robbers. They're not church robbers. They're not blasphemers. They ain't said nothing. Uh, verse 39 said, but if you inquire anything concerning the other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful, lawful, lawful assembly. For we are in danger to be called in question for this day, day uproar. There being no cause whereby we might uh, give an account of of this concord. And when he had just spoken, he dismissed the assembly. Y'all just gone back home peacefully uh, and stop this uh, uproar, this riot. I know you're mad about your God, but these men didn't do it. Paul is the one that got behind Demetrius, Alexander, and Hymenaeus about making false gods, and these men caused Paul a lot of trouble. So when you're preaching the truth, when you're preaching the gospel, there are those that will cause you a lot of trouble, and the people that cause you a lot of trouble in ministry, you need to pass the word on to others that's going to be in ministry. That they watch out for them kind of people be watching out for those kind of people that cause problems so that's what paul did for timothy he was more he he warned timothy that uh demetrius hameneus and uh, uh Alexander, uh these guys are troublemakers but you preach the truth you preach the word be in season and out of season and uh you preach the word and god's going to take care of these these men so Uh, I I, I want to bring that to your attention because uh, Demetrius, and uh, 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 and, uh, Alexander, they ain't going nowhere. These men in the Bible are dead, but other folks have picked up their works. And so you need to know this, that all ministries have enemies. They have enemies. All ministries have people that are profitable. And I thank God for those that are profitable. Bring Mark with you because Mark is profitable. Uh, uh, Bring Luke. He's good also. And I thank God for Mark coming. I thank God for he's sending Mark. I thank God he's sending Luke and he's sending other people into the ministry because they are profitable and they're going to help us get this thing done. So that's my uh, word for you on today. Uh, Be careful. I want you all to make sure you strive and do all that you can do to be profitable for the Lord and for the ministry. Don't be Demetrius. Don't be Alexander. Don't be Hymenaeus. Don't be like that. Don't try to hold it up, amen, but try to help it. God bless you. That's my word for you on today. Uh, Let's say a word of prayer, and also, lest I forget, I want to send a shout-out to uh, Mother Ivory. Uh, for her birthday, that was on the other day. I, I what day? I think I forgot what day it was. They Wednesday. Uh, I think it was Tuesday. I'm not sure. But Mother Ivory, happy birthday! May the Lord bless you, and I wish you many, many more and uh, uh, good, good days, wonderful days. And uh, I pray God bless and be upon you, and not only you, all the others who are having a birthday. Let's go to God in prayer, and I'm gonna let you good people go. God bless you. Uh, I pray that you all uh, have a a blessed rest of your week. Let's go to God now in a word of prayer. Pastor Johnson personally thanks everyone for joining us for our midweek prayer and refuel service. We are located at 3002 Chelsea Avenue in Memphis, Tennessee. Services start at 11 a.m. and we would love to have you as our guest this Sunday. Join us. You'll be glad you did.